Welcome to Redefining Balance for Working Moms podcast, where we believe life balance is possible. Uh, Yes, even for you. You might just have to redefine what it looks like for yourself. I'm your host, fellow working mom and founder of Your Life Rocks, Jenny Stemmerman. Each week, I'll bring you practical, real-life tips to help you focus on the things that matter most in life and be the best version of yourself in every area that God has called you to. Ready to redefine what balance looks like for you and your life? Let's go. Hey there, welcome to the show. I am so excited that you're here to hang out with me today because today's episode, I just truly believe, is so incredibly important. We're going to be talking about stress and anxiety in our kids. Now, I don't think I need to tell you, because you probably already know, that this last year has been really stressful for all of us, and especially on our kids. I mean, there's been so much change and so much new and just some scary times. Depending on the age of your kids, it's probably affected them in different ways. But today I am joined by a very incredible guest, someone who I consider a friend and is my go-to whenever I have any kind of parenting concerns. Now, this topic has come up a few different times in our communities inside the membership and just talking about how we can best support our kids during this crazy time, like when we're starting to see more anxiety and more stress in our kids. And so I wanted to reach out to my friend Joy and have her come back on the show. She's been on the show a few times before, but Joy, she's a wife and she's a mom. But in addition to that, she also works as an anxiety support coach and a psychotherapist. And she's really crafted all of her work around helping to support parents with their kids and helping them really kind of process through things like this last year. And the thing that I really love about what she does is that she values integrity and uniqueness in every family and every individual that she meets. She's made it her mission to spread awareness and utilizing therapy and coaching as a means of helping families bond closer and make their mental health a priority. And the thing that I I love even more about her is personally, she is such a strong Christian woman. Everything that she does, she can see it right back into the God and his word and what he's doing. And That is one thing I absolutely love and adore about her. Plus, she's just one of those people that like you instantly feel connected with, like you've known her forever. Like she is such a great person to be around and such a wealth of knowledge and wisdom that we can all be learning from. So I'm really, really excited. If you haven't yet met Joy, that you get to meet her today. So without further ado, let me get into my conversation with my friend Joy. Joy, welcome back to the Redefining Balance podcast. I am beyond excited to have you on the show. I reached out and I was like, I need Joy to come and talk to our audience. And here you are with all of your brilliance. But before we get into everything that you have to share with us today, remind our audience a little bit more about who you are. Hi, Jenny. Thank you so very much for having me back on your show. This is exciting and it's such an honor to be here with you. Um, My name is Joy Acaso and I am a psychotherapist and an anxiety support coach. I love that you say it like it's, (laughs) oh, this is what I do. But you're also a mom and a wife and do so many things for your community. An amazing superwoman. Oh, thank you. Yes, I am a wife and a mom of two kids. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And you know, this is what I, I love about having joy on this show and and why she was like my first person I reached out to when I saw people in our Facebook community talking about stress with their kids and anxiety over everything that has happened in 2020 now carrying over to 2021 and joy honestly was like the first person that came to my mind because she's brilliant with this stuff but 
when she talks about the stuff that she does, she really comes alongside parents to help them with their kids with these issues, right? Yes, absolutely. 100%. And I'm living through it. I'm in the trenches with all of you. So yes. <laughs> yeah. So this is why I love that you have this, such a unique perspective where you're seeing things with your own kids. You're living through your own experience. I mean, you have family that work in healthcare. And so it's a whole, you know, different perspective that really hits home with you. But you also have this practice of coming alongside parents and families that are, are really kind of experiencing this whole change. So let's first talk about kind of the root cause, you know, cause I, I, I've been thinking a lot about this. Like, what is it really about everything that happened you know, and, and it's different, like in a different perspective, right? Like after you've gone through it for a whole year um, and kind of looking back on it, it doesn't feel maybe as weighted as it did at the time when we were going through the trenches. And I think that that's kind of the blessing of any experience, right? When you're looking back on it. But mm-hmm. talk to us a little bit about what were the, some of the root causes of things that we've gone through in 2020 that could cause extra stress or anxiety, both on the parents and on kids? Absolutely. That's such a great question. And I think that's, in everybody's, you know, mind with my clients, the people that I work with, and even myself, like what is going on, right? Like that's usually the first thing that we want answered, but it's not always cut and dry. And like this past year, something that is new or was new, very new to, to all of us, even myself, you know, our kids are served virtual. And they, they stay home with us. I am working from home 100%, you know, and I'm the only one home when my, when my husband goes to work. And so all of these things that we were, for lack of a better word, uh, forced to face like new things, you know, and, and searching for answers, those types of challenges that we're faced with could definitely drive us into anxiety and more anxiety than, you know, we're probably used to, right? Because when there is so much uncertainty around us, when there's so many new things, you know, around us and all of them at once, then our stress levels get higher. And then, you know, when the stress is high, then potentially the anxiety can also kick in more intensely. And then you add to it the long-term isolation because we all thought it was only going to be a two-week lockdown. Mm -hmm. No, we're almost a year into it, you know. And then the long-term isolation, as I said, also, you know, having to shift like moms who have to now adjust, you know, their schedules at home, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or working mom, like now you're having to figure out all of these things and then you start to become overwhelmed. But then we're so used to going and going and going and never stopping. And so even in the midst of the pandemic, like, you know, if we didn't have a chance to really sit down and say, hold on a second, like what's going on here? And we just keep going, then everything potentially piled up. And so now we find ourselves like so anxious and and panicked at times. I'm so, you know, as you're like talking about this, I'm thinking it's so great to kind of hear the way that you, 
you kind of lay it out almost like in a timeline mm-hmm. that you can like go back and be like, yeah, <laughs> that <laughs> makes total sense. I totally can see that. And the reason why I want to revisit this, because I think so many people are like, I don't want to even like, we all know what happened. We don't need to, you know, talk about it again. But the thing is, is that we need to always be learning and growing. And if we can look back over what happened in 2020, it may never happen exactly that way ever again, hopefully. Fingers crossed, please, God, no. (laughs) But, you know, we're always going to be faced with challenges and changes. And so to be able to learn how we can better adapt to those things when they come, I think is really important. Now, one thing that you said that I I would love to hear your thoughts on is that you talked about stress and then stress becoming anxiety. What are kind of those key differences? Because I think sometimes when, especially when we're looking at our kids or even thinking about ourselves, we kind of can sometimes mix those two words together when we're thinking about what we're experiencing. Like I'm experiencing, like I'm so anxious about this or I'm stressed about that, but there's, we don't really always know the clear definitions between those two. So can you kind of help us create some clarity around that? Yes, absolutely. First of all, anxiety is an emotion, right? Like at the very basic, it is an emotion, but with every emotion, we experience it differently. It's an individual experience. Like anxiety, you know, feels different for everyone. We have very different physical symptoms, for example, when it comes to anxiety. And then there's stress where they can feed off of each other, basically. So like stress is more of there's actually a stress hormone that the brain releases, right? To help us to get ready for that fight or flight mode. We've all heard of what that's like, fight or flight or freeze mode. So that's an actual chemical reaction and an actual um, phenomenon that happens in our body. And so both of them, like stress and anxiety, when we have appropriate levels of those two things, we're okay, right? Because that's the one that, you know, for example, if you're experiencing anxiety and a little bit of nervousness before you speak or before you take a test for, you know, for those of you moms who have, you know, children in school, um, things like that, like that can drive you to study harder or like put effort into your tasks, right? So that's an appropriate level. Same thing with stress. You know, if you're stressed out with, uh, for example, your bills to pay or like chores at home, then at an appropriate level, it'll drive you to kind of organize like what's happening at home. Like, okay, I need to prioritize. I need to do this because there's too many things going on at once. However, when those two sort of move past your limit or move past the threshold, that's when it could become debilitating to where, you know, you're constantly stressed out, right? Or you're constantly in an anxious state. There is sort of a thin line between the two, but you can be stressed out without being anxious. It's almost like, you know, when you're stressed out, it's it's more of like thinking about you know, these things. And then anxiety can be a physical manifestation of the stress itself. Okay. That's really good because, you know, I think sometimes we think I don't want to have any anxiousness or be stressed out at all, but you're really saying like there is a certain level of healthy stress and and healthy anxiety that we need to be able to function properly. And our kids kind of need in order for them to, you know, keep moving forward in life. And 
I think it's so counterintuitive because I think maybe it's a societal thing or a generational thing, but we kind of want to shield our children from stress and anxiety of all kinds, right? That they just have this peaceful little existence when really we need to be preparing them for the real world, but in a healthy way. So as moms, and because we are spending so many so much time with our kids right now, mm-hmm. which can sometimes drive us bonkers, but how can <laughs> we really use that extra time that we have with our kids to help them cope or learn the differences of unhealthy versus healthy anxiety? And how do we even know? Oh, yeah. So... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was like 10 questions in one. Not that question though of like, you know, how do we make use of our time? And I was thinking the same exact thing. So I want to say, you know, let's make use of our time now to increase our knowledge on perhaps like what anxiety does or how it impacts our children and our family, right? But then I was also thinking like, okay, there's there are moms that are busy. Well, not there are moms. Moms are always busy. <laughs> and so if I tell them like, you know, take the time, but listen, if you have or carve out five minutes of your time to, you know, whatever that looks like for you to read up an article or a blog post or a and symptoms checklist. There's different resources, you know, out there or reach out to a professional just to have like a quick call with them and, you know, anything, anything at all. Because, and I say this all the time that, you know, what you don't know about stress and anxiety can hurt you, right? Like we have the, this notion that, you know, ignorance is bliss or like we can just go ahead and feed off of secondhand sources where that may be in some cases, you know, like, let's say, you know, among friends were, we're talking and we're sharing experiences about our children having anxiety and we're comparing quote unquote notes about those things. That's a good stepping stone, but you always want to go to the source. Like you always want to really understand, you know, what anxiety is and what stress is first and foremost, at least that basic knowledge, right? Because then you can now apply it to your family and say like, okay, this is what I'm observing. And this is what, you know, professionals say, or what the articles say. Now, how do I reconcile these two? Because remember, I said earlier that anxiety and stress are very like individual experiences. You could be you know, living in the same family, but my stress is very different from my child's stress and the way that they experience their emotions are very different from mine. So it has to be, you know, that individual knowledge and understanding. For example, right, like my daughter, she's in seventh grade this year, she's still virtual. And so one day I asked her, I said, you know, are you stressed out? Like, And she's like, no, no, you know, like, are you anxious? Like, is it okay? Is it too much? You know, is school too much for you? I always emphasize, you know, that your your health is uh, more important than your grades. And so, you know, I was asking her those questions and then she kept saying, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then come to look at her grades and I'm like, oh, there's three zeros here. Didn't take, <laughs> didn't, didn't turn as this assignment. And I was like, okay, you're stressed out. <laughs> you see yeah. what I'm saying? Like if you as a parent, first of all, know 
and I'm not saying we'll never like, you know, know exactly like to the T, like what is going on with our children. But at least you need that framework. If you have a basic understanding of what stress and anxiety looks like, then you can say, okay, my, my child is a little bit stressed, you know, because I know that forgetfulness is, for example, a manifestation of stress. I mean, when I ask her, like, you know, what are these zeros in your grade book? And she said, oh, I forgot to turn them in. Okay, well, then you're stressed out. You keep telling me you're not. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so a lot of that I'm assuming would be also kind of knowing what like your child is baseline wise. Yes. So for example, my older son, he's always forgetful. Like he could be in the most blissful situation mm. and he's super forgetful, mm. you know, but I've noticed with him different physical things that he does when he gets extra stressed or, or anxious, right. his eyes get a little bit bigger he kind of shuts down more and doesn't talk as much. He goes to his room a little bit more. Where my younger son, he's very vocal. Like if he's stressed or anxious, he gets louder. He stomps around. He slams. Yeah. Like it's very different. But knowing kind of like what they're natural, who they are, how they live, like on a baseline level, I would imagine is helpful to kind of see the difference of when stress rises. Is that right? Very, very helpful. It's funny you say that because our first grader, it's the same way. He's more vocal. He'll tell me, I don't want to go to school today. I'm stressed out. <laughs> okay, well, that's easy. Or like he'll start crying. And I'm like, okay, you know, we're not doing so well today. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's a big thing that has been for me is that, you know, you think things are, are going okay. You think you're trying to support them the best way that you that they yes. you can. And then all of a sudden they just like break down in tears or or they do something that you're like, whoa, this like I had one instance a, a few months ago where my oldest like just started like hitting stuff like he just like got just like the anger and the mm. you could just see it, you know, and he was just like so mad and I could tell just. And again, this is me putting on my own knowledge about myself onto him, which might not be right. <laughs> but I know for me, like when I bottle stuff up it, it and bottle and bottle and bottle, like that bottle explodes and it comes out as anger. And, yes. you know, just seeing that in my kid, I was like, oh my gosh, I thought I was supporting him, but maybe not. Yeah. You know, that's such a good example too, because a lot of children and teenagers, more so teenagers, right? When they start to become teens, Sometimes they don't have the vocabulary to tell us like, you know, I'm anxious or like I'm worried and then it will just come out as anger, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and so I also caution parents, you know, listen, before you start to label what your kids are doing, you know, before you start to call them defiant or having these temper tantrums or things like that, like, just know that anger can also be a symptom of anxiety and overwhelm. Wow. Yeah. So I wasn't completely off. That's good. To no, know. <laughs> no. So what do we do then, Joy? Like when we start to see this in our kids, and, and I think all of us parents can kind of look and see like, okay, our kids are maybe acting up a little bit more than normal or being more defiant or crying a little bit. So then what do we do about it? Like, how do we best support our kids? Sure. Okay. I had to interrupt this episode to ask you a question. How are you implementing what you are learning from this show? I mean, it's really great that you're investing in yourself to learn how to grow in each area of your life. 
but I want you to really apply these things so that you can reap the benefits of a more balanced life. If you're not sure how to begin, I want to invite you to join Life Balance Membership. Inside the membership, you'll find courses to help you create the habits that allow you to move forward with what you are learning. Plus, you'll have resources for each area of your life to help you take the guesswork out of figuring out how to create balance for yourself. For example, we have a full career guide that guides you through annual, quarterly, monthly, weekly, and daily routines to help you reach your career goals. It's actually what to do, how to start your work day, wrap up your work week, type checklists, and more. And that's just one area of life and one resource in it. Plus, you'll get access to the membership community and our member-exclusive podcast episodes where we take things to the next level in your self-coaching, like how to set boundaries and what to do when you struggle to make a new habit stick. You can try it for free for seven days, which is the perfect amount of time, by the way, to take the seven-day Clear the Chaos course. It's an excellent place to start. Just upgrade inside the Your Life Rocks app or go to lifebalancemembership.com to learn more. Oh, and members save money on things like our 12-week program, Life Balance Method, and the Life Balance Planner, and so much more. So join inside the app or go to lifebalancemembership.com. Okay, so we take our knowledge or whatever understanding, right? Doesn't matter whatever level of understanding we know about as parents about anxiety and stress. Okay, we have that. And then exactly what you said, you know, what is a baseline for my child? Observing them, monitoring them and knowing who they are, probably not 100%, but at least close, right? So we've got that. And then now this is what I'm seeing. So you have to look at all three data, right? Like all three information to see what's going to be your next plan of action. Your fourth step will then be ask them. Do not assume that you know, because you have all three lined up, you know, you've got your information, you've observed, you know, their baseline and everything. And this is what you're seeing. Do not go in to the battlefield and say like, listen, you're acting up like what's going on. That is a sure way to shut them down. That is a sure way to build distance and gap between the two of you. And then nothing gets resolved, right? Mm -hmm. First thing that you have to do is sit down and ask them, you know, how are you doing? Like check in, check in with them. And the checking in, sometimes they may not say it the first time you check in with them. That might take three or four check-ins with you. That's completely okay as long as they know. Once they know that you are there ready to engage with them and listen to them, their hearts will be softened and then they'll pour it out and then we don't know what to do with their emotions. But you have to make sure that you ask them. If they start to tell you, you know, I'm getting anxious, I'm stressed out, Okay, now don't offer the solution right away because what you want is you want for them to define what that means for them, right? Like, so what do you mean by anxious? Can you, you know, what happens? What happens when you're anxious, for example? So you want the physical side of it. Let's say they say, you know, I can't eat when I'm anxious, you know, I can't eat and then my sleep gets affected. Okay, great. So can you as a parent, you know, sort of handle that first at home. Okay, so let's try and make adjustments on your sleep schedule, you know, on your nutrition and things like that. Now, once you try and do that, and then the anxiety, you know, doesn't subside, that's when you can now reach out 
you know, to a professional. But the very first thing that you need to do is really ask your kids to define them for you and take notes. I always tell people, you know, keep a notebook or like put it on your phone, you know, after obviously after you've talked to them, you know, try to write it down so that you don't forget. So that if if it ever comes to a point where you have to meet with a professional, you know, at least you have your notes. And these are the things that my child told me. And, you know, and that helps a lot in the process. That is so helpful because this last year, we've had a number of things come up with our older son. Nothing like really huge, but stuff that I was like, whoa, I am not equipped as a parent. <laughs> like no one told me about this teenage mm-hmm. stuff, you know, <laughs> and, and on top of everything else that was going on. And so we did reach out and got some professional help because I felt like so mm-hmm. unequipped, you know, even mm-hmm. even being surrounded by people like you and, you know, and and all of the great knowledge of that I've gained by interviewing people on this podcast, I just felt like, whoa, this is outside of my realm mm-hmm. of what I can do. And, and it was the best thing ever bringing in someone that was a guy that he could relate to and was also a Christian and, you know, just to Amazing. have someone that he can like talk to over Zoom that was like yes. professional, but also to equip me. And that was the big thing that I always felt like we need help. And then the professional would ask me like, so what specifically? And I'm like, I don't know, (laughs) (laughs) but but please help. (laughs) And so, you know, we've got very effective and efficient over the course of several weeks of me being able to be like, oh, this kind of triggered this behavior. And then I noticed that then he responded in this way. And, but I had to really write it down um, yes. But now we have so many tools and our tool belt just from a couple months of working with a professional that I feel like we are in such a better place. He feels more supported and he feels like he's on the right track with himself. And I feel more on the right track and prepared as a parent. It's amazing the difference it makes. Oh, that's so, so amazing. Yes, absolutely. I do want to say though, like, what happens if your teen. I mean, that's such a blessing that, you know, your son was like, okay, I'm ready, right? I'm ready to meet with a professional. Let me try this. What happens when a teen isn't ready, for example, to um, meet with a professional? I always tell the parents, well, you can start because I've had both situations, you know, unfold. And I've seen this many times where the parent will start to have, you know, coaching or counseling sessions, and then they see the difference in their parents, whatever that may look like. And then they think, oh, okay, like meeting with a professional is not so bad after all. And so the team comes on board and then, you know, they also meet with their own coaches or counselors or vice versa. I've also have that I've seen that happen as well, where the teen is like, no, I really need the help. And so they get the help and the the parents see the difference that that makes in their child's life. And then they start to have their own sessions as well. I think that that's so great. I think it's so valuable because we all need help. Like we don't, you know, I mean, putting even aside everything that happened this last year, every single stage, like I remember the first time that we brought my older son home from the hospital when he was born. And then everyone, all the grandparents and stuff left for the first time. And I was like, whoa, wait, (laughs) we're alone with this baby. We don't know what to do, you know? And then every single stage since then, I've been like, whoa, wait, (laughs) we don't know what to do. And so having the right resources and people who can help us and people like you that can kind of guide us through the different emotions and how to create the space and the way to 
the right things to say and do because, you know, I, when I was raised, I didn't have the best relationship with my parents. And so I don't want to have that same relationship with my kids. I want to, you know, have a close open relationship with them, but I wasn't modeled that. So I don't always know the right thing to do. Yes. Same here. Same here. I, my relationship with my parents definitely improved as I got older, but, you know, having young kids right now, I wanted the same for them. And so I'm the one that's always um, asking them, like, how are you feeling? (laughs) And they laugh at me and they're like, mom, it's okay. We're not in a session right now. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, I have to be intentional about it because sometimes I forget. I forget to check in, you know, with them because especially when our kids, right? Like, you know, we think they're doing great. They're okay, you know, on their own and things like that. But I've even started, you know, a few years back to where like I would put it in my calendar, like, or alarm, set an alarm, like check in, you know, with a one-on-one session, not session, (laughs) one-on-one check in, you know, with them just to see how they're doing. Because I, you know, we're all human and we can easily get caught up in things that we do and, you know, we forget our kids. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And and like you said earlier on, it, it doesn't require like a ton of time either. Mm-hmm. Just a simple check-in. Like I have learned, uh, one of the, the tools that I have learned is just to ask, well, what do you think about that? Yes. Just a simple question. You know, whenever I see them, like if I say, well, we got to get this done and I can kind of see the stress build up, then I can say, well, tell me what you think about that. And it just allows them to be able to share whatever they're feeling. And sometimes it's like, well, I don't know, but I just want to be able to have more time or, you know, it allows them to be able to kind of process that a little bit more to open the door. So I can ask more questions and kind of figure out a little bit more where they're coming from versus like, don't give me that attitude, (laughs) you know, because that's where my first reaction goes to is wanting to be like, you need to talk to me more respectfully. I don't like the way that you're that tone or, you know, and, and I do want them to learn, like, you have to kind of control a little bit of how you are talking or being because, you know, eventually you're going to have a job one day with a boss who he doesn't care what you think or you feel. He just doesn't want you to have attitude with him. So, right. you know, it, but it is a matter of kind of, if I don't know what the root cause is, I can't help them process through that. Oh, that is so good. Yes. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Well, Joy, I feel like you and I could probably talk about this topic for hours and hours and hours. (laughs) So is there anything, before I let you go, anything that you feel would be helpful for the audience to know about before we let you go? Um, Sure. I can think of maybe just a couple of things to close out. You know, first and foremost, know that, you know, when your children are experiencing intense anxiety, understand that telling them to calm down isn't going to work. And there is a scientific explanation for that. The reason is that their underdeveloped brains shut down, not you, not anything caused by the environment. It's just that is a protective mechanism that the brain uses. We too, you know, when we experience um, anxiety, our frontal brain also shuts down. Now, the frontal brain is the one that's responsible for problem solving. That's the one that helps us think critically. So when you are looking at a child who is anxious, do not tell them to calm down. You know, 
you will have to be patient and um, ride the waves with them for a little bit, right? And then once everything is calmed down, I love what you said, Jenny, when you said, you know, well, I want them to learn, you know, all these things as well and to be respectful and to understand that sometimes we have to do things that we don't want to do, but, you know, we are, we have obligations and we have responsibilities. Absolutely. Now, you want to impart that lesson to them when they're calm and when you're calm. But in the midst of anxiety, you will have to, you know, cope with them. And and really, your presence is going to be the most important part of helping them and supporting them in the midst of their intense anxiety. And carve out some time, you know, for them to be able to, like what we've mentioned before, check in and make sure that you have some time to where, you know, you impart your wisdom and you impart your understanding to your children. But once again, not in the middle of them having like, you know, these intense emotions. And lastly, I wanted to share, I was doing a devotion two days ago and I thought this was so good for our situation right now. And forgetfulness is what leads us to despair. When we forget the good things that God has done for us, when we forget the experiences, the success, the progress that we've made as a family, well, we are still in the pandemic, but, you know, coming out of the thick of it and not forgetting to to look at how we've thrived, how we've survived and how our children are, you know, handling their own stresses, right? So forgetfulness leads to despair. But I believe that the office opposite is also true. When we remember, then we have hope. In Psalm 77, verse 11, it says, you know, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. And being in that, you know, sense of wonder and being able to remember, call to memory, the goodness of the Lord and how he has, you know, extended his grace and mercy to us this past year um, will also help us continue to hold on to that hope. Because when we have hope, then we can arrive at clear solutions at, you know, meaningful solutions that is best for our families. Absolutely amazing. And so very true. This is why I love having you on the show. Because you have so much knowledge and and of course you end it with with a Bible verse and really bringing it back to the truth that's in the word of God. So Joy, I just thank you so much for everything that you do for all of the families out there. Now, if people are listening to this and they're thinking, I think I need some help, <laughs> you have so many great resources available. So share with our audience a little bit on how they can connect with you and kind of the work that you do and how you might be able to help them. Yes. I do have free resources, articles, and podcast interviews in my website, www.joyacasso.com. And if you have any questions, anything that you would like me to clarify, please feel free to email me at hello at joyacasso.com. Fantastic. We will link to everything that Joy was mentioning, all of her social media channels, her website, everything down below in the show notes. Joy, thank you so much for coming on the show. As always, you are a huge, huge blessing. Thank you so much, Jenny. Hey, just because the episode's over doesn't mean we have to stop hanging out. Head on over to Instagram and follow me there. You can find me at your.life.rocks. Or if you're more of a Facebook kind of girl, 
join our community of working Christian moms just like you. You can search Your Life Rocks over on Facebook and connect with us there. And if you're ready to truly create lasting balance and get results in your life, maybe it's time for you to join Life Balance Membership. Download the Your Life Rocks app in iTunes or in Google Play. You can upgrade to the membership right inside the app. And if you're looking for more resources to help you create more balance, head on over to yourliferocks.com.